And now here's our Monday feature, South Bend Stories, where we hear from area residents about the people, the places, and the events that have made this city what it is today. South Bend Stories is produced at the Salvation Army Croc Center Recording Studios and is a joint project with WVPE, along with SB 150, a celebration of the 150th anniversary of the city of South Bend, the Tire Rack, and the Community Foundation of St. Joseph County, in partnership with the Salvation Army Croc Center. Today, we hear from Mel Sandock, who tells us why his family settled in South Bend and built their business on the West End. Mel says Sal Sandock came to America at the age of 13 from a small Polish town near the Russian border, and he couldn't speak a word of English. They came to South Bend from Chicago in 04. They had a sister born. She was 21 years younger than my father. And they needed to raise more, have make more money. They couldn't make it in Chicago, he and his older brother, Barney. So they came to South Bend. It was, Dad used to say, the streets were like paved with gold. There were Studebakers, there was Olivers, there were Singers, there was South Bend Lathe. Everybody was here, and the money was here, and they could speak the language of the people on the west side. And that's why they settled here. That's why their business was on the west side, because it's the only language they knew. Now, mind you, my father was in business of sorts, but he had, they had a little store then. It wasn't as big as it ended up, but it was a small store. I mean, there were stores on every, every inch of the place, retail stores, furniture stores all over. Why, you can, I can still remember the names of them. Reese, Garnet, Scheidler's, American Home. My God, they were all over the town. South Bend was booming. And then the depression set in. In 29, there was a time when we did business without any money. The banks closed. The big bankers knew that their bank would come back. And we owed the banks money. So they would take their bank stock, their bank deposits from the people, and they would give them a few pennies on the dollar. They would bring those. So we had to do the same thing. We would take their bank deposits and give them whatever it was. For example, a nickel on the dollar. Then we would take those deposits to the bank, and they would give us so many pennies on the dollar to reduce our notes at the bank. So we were doing business without any money. So you say, well, how did you pay for your merchandise if you didn't have any money that you had to replace the inventory with? Well, we replaced the inventory by people who trusted us. Our suppliers knew that my father and his brother would pay them, and they did. It's hard to realize it, to explain to your kids that there isn't any money. Go tell the grandkids. They think, ah, oh, it's one of Grandpa's fables. I can remember once asking my mother for a quarter, and she said, maybe next week. For a quarter, I could have gone to the theater for a dime, saw a double feature, state theater, still there, and had 15 cents left for a hamburger and a Coke. And I could have spent the whole afternoon for a quarter. They were different. Depression years. We would hop on the back of the streetcar because, you know, it was a nickel. You wanted things, you took cans, fruit cans, you stamped your feet on them, your shoes on them. They bent to form your shoe and you'd clink around the streets. But you did what you had to do. There wasn't any money. 
I started to work when I was 14 years old at the store. I went to high school in the mornings and in the afternoon. I solicited paid-up customers. I would go around and give them yardsticks to get them back into the store. Well, I remember when they... When the riots were, I think, whether when they were in the late 40s, early 50s, the police called me and said to firebombing your building. The police wanted to put machine gun mountings on the roof of our building. And I told them, nobody, nobody puts a machine gun. I don't care if you're the city police, the state police, or the National Guard. Nobody puts a machine gun mounting on the roof of my store and aims it at anybody. I wanted to talk to him. My wife started to cry. It was around midnight. The police said, you can get killed. So naturally, I couldn't go. But I would have talked to those people. They were misled. But I couldn't do it, and I didn't do it. And I'm sorry to this day I was unable to, but the riots went on. South Bend has been good to us in every possible way. It was a welcoming town. It was uh, The arms were open to everybody, from every country, from every religion, from every belief. You were welcome here. It was just a nice place to be. It was just a welcoming place to be. Everybody was suffering. Everybody got away from oppression. And it was the Garden of Eden. That was Mel Sandock talking about life on the west side of South Bend. South Bend Stories is heard every Monday morning at 7.45 a.m. during Morning Edition and again at a little past 12.30 p.m. on Here and Now. If you'd like to share your South Bend story, visit the webpage mycroc.org.